Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Rick Mulready, and we're going to explore how to test your Facebook ads and I think you're going to love this. It's a really incredible methodology. Be sure to listen to the entire thing because it's literally a game plan that can save you a ton of money and mistakes. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show because we've got a great lineup of content coming your way and you don't want to miss it. I've got a question for you. Did your business transition to e-commerce sales during the pandemic? Are you looking for an easier way to scale your e-commerce sales? If so, you should explore the Wix e-commerce platform. It's an omni-channel solution that manages all of your offline and online customer transactions in a single powerful dashboard. Now all your customer data, sales inventory, delivery and fulfillment, and marketing are powered by a single platform, the Wix e-commerce platform. From a single dashboard, you can manage your CRM, email marketing, SMS marketing, live chat, automation, all customer communications, and more. Plus, Facebook ads by Wix leverages artificial intelligence to learn about your audience and then run and optimize your Instagram and Facebook ads for you. With this one feature alone, Wix e-commerce customers average a 1,000% return on ad spend and 40% have doubled their sales. Join more than 700,000 active Wix e-commerce stores. Here's your next step. Go to Wix.com slash e-commerce and get started creating your store. Again, Wix.com slash e-commerce. You support this podcast by checking out our sponsors. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Rick Mulready. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Rick Mulready. If you don't know who Rick is, you need to know Rick. He is a Facebook ads expert and host of the Art of Online Business podcast. He's also founder of the Accelerator Coaching Program for online coaches and course creators who want to scale their sales. Hey, Rick, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Mike. We've been on several times and I'm always honored to be back on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. I don't know what time this is. Maybe your fifth time. Does that sound about right? It sounds time? about right. Fourth yeah. or fifth time. It's been a little while. So welcome back. 
So today, Rick and I are going to explore testing ad creative on Facebook so you can increase uh, your sales, which everybody wants to do. Yeah. So Rick, we're recording this in the summer of 2021 and um, the world is kind of opening back up. Mm. We're in a post-COVID world, as I think the phrase is now being adopted. And of course, Facebook ads is a big question on a lot of people's minds. Do they matter as much? in a world where we had Apple make some changes and remarketing is becoming harder and dot, 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 dot. So I'm just curious from your perspective, you know, why Facebook ads, maybe for the marketers out there who have shied away from using ads for a while. Yeah. And it's such a great question. I'm glad we're starting here because, you know, ads obviously took a big hit, if you will, during the meat, if you will, of the pandemic and I say take a big hit because a lot of businesses and brands pull back on their spend. But yet the people who were cognizant of their messaging, cognizant of running ads the right way, tended to see really good results, right? CPMs were down, et cetera. I mean, just like you just mentioned, like, like economies you know, around the world are, are starting to open back up and people are starting to get back out there and, and start to ramp up their spending like they were previous to the pandemic. And so now is a great time to, if you haven't been advertising, to jump back into it. Now, you, you bring up like, you know, the big elephant in the room, if you will, which is the whole iOS privacy update. And I have my own thoughts about all that, which you don't have to get into. But look, Facebook is going to figure this out, right? If they don't, they know that another platform is, you know, at this point right now, like my personal thought on this, and I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Mike, and is another platform will be coming in a not so distant future. I don't mean like next year necessarily, but this will, like ad spend will be moved around more so than just Facebook and Google. Oh yeah, I mean, just think of Apple, Spotify, yeah. Shopify. I mean, you just start thinking about all these brands that normally don't do ads, right? That are all of a sudden having ads, right? Yeah. And because they have an audience, right? And before you know it, there's new advertising opportunities with known entities. And then, of course, on top of that, you've got all these emerging platforms that nobody knows if they're going to take off or not, right? Yeah. Like, for example, in the audio frontier, you've got Clubhouse and, you know, you've got all sorts of other things. Facebook has got their Twitter audio rooms and all this stuff. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that Facebook has to figure it out. And if I'm not mistaken, they are growing, right? I mean, yeah, I think they had a great quarter and their ads revenue was up like 30 some percent or something, right? So there's obvious, they're obviously making money. So that that's the other side of the equation. You know, can the small guys still get in? You know, do you feel like the big guys are taking up all the inventory? No, I don't. And I think that, you know, that's such a great question. The businesses or the entrepreneurs who are not willing to learn how to at least set themselves up for as much success as possible on the platform with regard to, you know, what should we be doing? I know you've talked about it on the podcast here in the not so distant past year about setting up your account and so forth and structure and all that with regard to iOS, you know, and the types of things that Facebook recommends. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today is from a testing perspective and ad creative and so forth. But it's the people who aren't willing to be patient and to come in and test things out that they're going to stay away. And for those of us who are willing to do that, who are willing to, 
you know, to kind of play along, if you will, with the ups and downs of being on the platform, which this isn't the first time something big like this has happened. Now, granted, this is a major shift in, like you just mentioned, as far as measurement, as far as optimization goes, which are obviously two critical things when it comes to advertising on the platform. But I think ads are very, very much still a critical piece of marketing your business on Facebook. Because when you look at it, like, well, right now, yeah, we talked about all the other platforms that you just mentioned, Mike, but like Facebook and Google are pretty much where it's at right now as far as scale and as far as the ability to reach certain audiences. And I think too, so going back to like small businesses and, you know, the quote unquote smaller guys versus the larger brands, absolutely, they're not taking over all the inventory. Now, with that said, CPMs are up again, sort of back to, you know, kind of pre-COVID, pre-pandemic times. But also, things have changed, like how you want to run your ads. It's getting harder to say, if you're doing an online launch, for example, like a webinar launch or a video series or whatever, and most people just start their ads like, you know, nine, 10 days before the launch, that has become increasingly harder to do because of some of the things that we're talking about here today, you've got to let the algorithm, you know, used to be like three days. Now it's more like five to seven days where you have to give the algorithm time in order to find you winners because a big piece of that is iOS, right? Of pixel fires and, you know, delayed reporting and all that stuff. And so I'm very excited about where things are going to be heading on Facebook. I have no idea what that's going to be, but Facebook's going to figure this out right? Whatever. What is it? Like 99% of their overall revenue is ad revenue. You know what that stat is? It's huge. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Let me give my case on why Facebook ads. If your business does not have a really big, decent owned media channel, right? Like an email list or Mm -hmm. a very large blog or a very large podcast, then you absolutely need to consider advertising on the largest platform in the world for ads, which is on the social platforms, which is Facebook. Probably need to consider Google as well, but Facebook is the big one, right? And as a result, we keep hearing stories of businesses that are doing great, exclusively advertising on Facebook, right? Yeah. So that's the key. Like if your business isn't growing because you have not figured out how to organically use content to draw an audience to you, like we have at Social Media Examiner, because full transparency. We do not use Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. We could, but we don't need to. But most businesses are not in a position like we are. And as a result, like a lot of businesses can accelerate their growth and we could probably accelerate our growth for for what that's worth if if we were smarter about how we used ads. So I think that's a good transition into how not to be wasteful, right? (laughs) Because the truth is if the CPMs are going up, Rick, And there's more competition. And even though it's true, Facebook keeps rolling out new ad placements, right? Like they just reels and I -hmm. mean, there's all sorts of stuff. They just keep rolling out stuff, right? And that's never going to stop because that's how Facebook operates, right? They give something away for free for a while, then they monetize it with advertising. Mm -hmm. So what's the secret, if you will, to not wasting our money? It is what? Tell me. Yeah. First and foremost, and we're going to talk a lot about this here today, but is the creative I think, though, that it's creative 
and targeting and like, I know people are listening right now, like, oh, really? <laughs> That's really groundbreaking. But it really is. We will talk about targeting here today a little bit, but it really is about creative. And the reason for that is, is because, you know, Facebook's algorithm or artificial intelligence or AI or whatever, it's becoming so good that they're way smarter than we are, right? They meaning like the artificial intelligence, we'll say they. It's way smarter than we are. And so broader targeting is becoming a lot more effective. And what I mean by that is larger audiences, maybe moving towards once you've done testing, and we're gonna talk about that here today as well, but once you've done testing and starting to find some winners, and as the AI is learning the types of people that are converting for you, starting to broaden out those audiences. Meaning, you know, we've seen campaigns actually do pretty well where it's like all of the US, you put in an age range and that's it. Wow. Right? Now, I wouldn't recommend starting out that way. Don't start out that way. But you got to have a good ad to begin with is what you're saying, right? A hundred percent. And I, I'll even back up one more step there, Mike, is that you have to have a good offer too. Yeah. You know, so many people say like, oh, ads don't work or my ads were like, I talk about wasting money. People are like, oh, I wasted a whole bunch of money because my ads didn't work. Well, is this like, do you know that your offer actually works? Do people want this? And so a lot of people starting out with their ads with, you know, an offer that isn't very good. Yeah, and for folks that want to go back a couple of episodes and listen to our episode on conversion rate optimization, that episode was all about optimizing your landing pages, right? Because your uh, mm-hmm. ad typically drives them to a destination, right? And the key is that destination might not be very good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we have to get them to click to that destination, right? And they have to work in, you know, consistently together. You know, when you go broader, right, you need to find the right message for, you know, it's the whole advertising adage, if you will. You got to find the right message for the right people at the right time. And, that a lot of that comes with, do you have an actual good offer? Do you have an offer that solves a person's problem that you want to help, right? And that's really where a lot of creative comes in. I hear a lot of people talking about like, oh, ad targeting isn't really important anymore. And I do disagree with that. Like creative is very, very like moved way up in the importance ladder, if you will. But you got to start with putting your ad in front of, you know, target audiences that are logically going to be having the your perfect customers there, the people that you want to reach. You got to start there. Then once you do that, then you can move into the ad creative and start testing different creative. Yeah. And I think it makes sense to just spend a minute helping people understand the entire process because, and, and I would love to wax poetic just for a second. Sure. So imagine the person who's listening right now, you're on Facebook, you're scrolling through Facebook. You didn't go there looking for an ad. But you scroll and all of a sudden something captures your eye, right? And then you do some sort of action like click play or click the call to action button. And then it takes you to the sales page, right? So if you think about those steps, right? Scrolling, stopping, consuming, acting. The first act is like a comment, right? Or click. Mm -hmm. And then the final act, of course, is going to read, watch whatever's on that sales page and then actually purchase, right? So if you can get someone to stop, that's stage one, right? To stop the scroll. And that's where the ad creative comes in, right? And then if you can get them to click, right, which is step two, that's also the ad creative, right? 
And then when they get to the sales page, it's kind of out of your control, right? Because unless you're the one controlling what's on that sales page, which some of you are, but many of you are not, right? Depending on Mm -hmm. how big the organization is. So they've got to get through all three of those hoops. And what we're going to talk about today are the first two hoops, right? How to stop the scroll and how to get them to take the action that you want to take. And I feel like it's worthy to just talk through that just so everybody can visualize that in their head because the best converting sales page doesn't matter if they don't get there in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And the sales page, really, you broke that down really well, Mike, is that there needs to be consistency in that journey. You know, it's one of the points I want to talk about is like, you have to understand the customer journey for your business because we're talking about ad creative. And by the way, just to kind of caveat when I mentioned ad creative, we're talking about the whole creative, the whole ad, meaning the image or the video and the copy. Now, when we understand the customer journey, we get to have messaging. So in this case here, the copy that is relevant to where they are in the customer journey. So if it's, you know, we are introducing ourselves to somebody or they don't know who we are, for example, obviously that's more of an awareness play, top of funnel, that messaging is going to be very different moving down towards the middle of the funnel where we get into more of a retargeting perspective, which has become more difficult, by the way, after with iOS. And then that bottom of the funnel, maybe they visited that sales page, but everything has to be consistent along that journey. Because just like you just said, Mike, if we have to get into the sales page first and the sales page needs to be relevant to the rest of the messaging throughout the funnel. Yeah. That funnel is kind of a weird word, but like that journey, there's got to be consistency there. And it starts with the creative. Yeah. And the creative is the first impression, right? So talk to us about your testing methodology. Like where do we start? I know we've kind of hinted a little bit, but let's start digging in into the details now. Yeah, absolutely. I think a good place to start here is that just calling it out that most people don't have a framework to test. They just throw a bunch of things in, in their campaign And there's no real rhyme or reason to it. And so when we're testing, in order to really truly see if something's working or not, we have to have a framework. We have to have a methodology, which which I want to take you through how, how I do our testing in our ads and then also what I teach my students. First of all, you only want to be changing one variable at a time. So just kind of to simplify that, let's just say that we want to test, I don't know, image ads, for example. Well, we would change out the image, but everything else in the ad would be the same, the copy, the headline, et cetera. That way you can look at it and say, oh, everything is the same except for the image. This one over here performed way better. Okay, cool. We're going to hone in on this image right now. So is that part of the framework? Uh, only change one thing at a time? Absolutely. Okay, good. What else do we need to know? Yeah, a couple things here too is... It really goes into, and and I'll kind of back up here, I think would be really interesting to start with. But the campaign structure when it comes to your testing is really, really important. So the first thing is everyone always wants to know, number one, how much should I spend when it comes to testing? And I think the easy answer to that question is, what is your budget, right? Like how much are you willing? And this always sounds like throws people off, but like how much are you willing to lose? Because testing, you're just gathering data. And your testing could go on for a few months, if you will, right, to really start to dial things in. Now, again, you can get results quickly. And when I say quickly, I'm talking like five to seven days, which is another thing we'll dive into in just a second. But the number of ad sets 
that you use in your testing campaign is going to depend on your budget. So what's a starting budget that you'd like to throw out there, Mike, for like a daily budget? A hundred bucks. Okay, great. So a hundred dollars, the way I look at that is say, okay, I would rather have four ad sets at $25 a day as opposed to more ad sets with a lower budget per day. Okay. So is that the minimum that you recommend? Like an ad set should not be less than $25 a day? Is that what I'm hearing you say? I think to really play, if you will, in this day and age of Facebook ads, you have to be starting with a minimum somewhere in that $20 to $50-ish range. Okay, good. And that's obviously changed over the years. Like we used to run ads like for five bucks a day. Now I'm talking conversion campaigns, right? I'm That could, because the budget can greatly differ if you're doing like a video views campaign that you can just run like a couple dollars a day if you wanted to. I'm talking about conversion campaigns where <clears throat> the objective is, hey, I want people to click on my ad, go to my landing page and convert, opt in, register, what have you. So the number of ad sets is going to depend on your budget. That's number one. And then within each of those ad sets, the next question is, is like, well, how many ads do I put in there? Three to five is generally ideal, somewhere in there. And that too is gonna depend on budget because if you're testing $50 a day on that ad set, okay, cool, maybe you wanna do four to five ads in there. But if you're down in that 20 to $25 range, maybe like three, maybe four in there. I wouldn't go over five ads in the ad set. And the reason for that is because the algorithm, the Facebook's AI there, would be spreading the spend, your daily budget, across too many variables, with meaning the ads here. And just to be clear, these three to five ads are going to be test ads where one of them will take a section and test variations of it across the ads. Is that kind of where we're going with this? Yes. So okay. yeah, I'll, we'll touch on that in just a second. But yes, absolutely. Now, the other thing about budget, because when you're beginning to test out, people... Or like, just tell me what to do. Tell me what to spend, right? Well, if you're listening right now and you know what your cost per lead generally is, if you ha kind of have an estimate for a benchmark cost per lead, what I would do is, and if you're like, let's just say you're like, all right, I want to I want to run some ads more seriously. And whenever I've run ads in the past, I've roughly had a cost per lead of whatever. Let's just say $5. What you want to do is take that estimated cost per lead multiply it times 50, and I'll explain where I'm getting this in just a second, multiply it by 50, and then divide by seven, okay? And so let's just say that estimated cost per lead is $5, you multiply it times 50 is 250, and then you do divide by seven, it's like $36, right? Where this is coming from is this is the daily budget that that one ad set needs to get out of the learning phase. Oh, Facebook's algorithm needs to see about 50 conversions per ad set over a seven day period. So if you do the math for me real quick, I got a calculator here. Yeah. So my ideal cost per lead, I don't want it to be less than $100, let's say. OK, mm -hmm. so what do I multiply that by 50? That would be quite a bit of money. $5,000. I divide that by seven. So that means I need to spend about $714 a day. Is that what I'm hearing you say? So cost per lead is going to be different from, say, like a cost per purchase, right? I didn't mean lead. I meant conversion. So let's just say that's my cost per conversion. Okay. Yeah. So just to back up real quick, your objective in that case there would be conversions and you're optimizing for purchases yep. at the ad set level. So for that right there, that's going to be a little bit different 
because what you can do there is say, okay, if my product, you take your product price and say, whatever, let's just say it's a hundred dollars. You can go somewhere in that two to three X that price and look at that as sort of your, of your baseline there. But yes, Facebook wants to see about 50 conversions over a seven day period per ad set. And that's the thing that, that throws a lot of people Ah. off. It's per ad set. It's not per campaign. So if I'm willing to pay $5 a lead, then I'm looking at 250 bucks, but divided by seven, and then I've got like 35 bucks a day. So I get it. Okay. Exactly. I don't want to get too into the weeds on the budget because there's so much more to talk about. Sure. But what else should we know about the structure before we get into like the testing? Yep. So then I like to look at the hierarchy of testing. And we kind of talked about it before. Audiences, image or video, like the ad format, which we're going to talk more about in a second. And then we get into the copy and the angle, if you will. Okay. And so what I like to do, as I mentioned, is create that testing campaign. So that's a just you name it, like I like to call it like top of funnel or awareness or whatever testing campaign. And then again, the number of ad sets I have is going to depend on the budget. You want to start out with testing the most relevant audiences, meaning like what are the no brainer audiences that are relevant to your business? Give us an example, like maybe a customer or student or whatever, or even yourself, if you want to, just so people can rationalize these different audiences. Well, sure. So I could target social media examiner, for example. Okay. Or if I'm in the yoga niche, I always use that as an example. So yoga niche is like, all right, I want to target people who are interested in yoga, for example. Well, a sort of like a secondary audience that I could target is like Whole Foods, where it's relevant because what we're doing is that we're making an assumption that people who are interested in yoga also shop at Whole Foods. Or you could target 24-hour fitness probably too, right? Maybe. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But we wouldn't start there. We would start with like the most relevant, like, okay, interested in yoga, interested in Lululemon, interested in, you know, yoga brands, that sort of thing. Got it. Okay. The next thing is in the setup here is you want to use, you want to set the budget at the ad set level. So this is like old school. We've always done this for a long time. It's like, just like I just mentioned, you would set your budget at the ad set level as opposed to the campaign level, which is CBO, which is campaign budget optimization. We would do that at scaling, which, you know, we can touch on today, but that's really important is set your budget at the ad set level and set equal budgets across your ad sets. What you're trying to do is you're trying to, again, trying to do an apples to apples test. So if I have four ad sets, my budget's $100 a day, I want to do $25 each ad set. Make sure your budget is equal across your ad sets. Now, a question. Mm-hmm. When we're targeting these audiences, like let's say Whole Foods, Lululemon, yep. Yoga, mm-hmm. are we just taking a bunch of different but identical ads to each of the audiences just to see which audience yes. converts the best on those ads? Is that the idea? Yeah. So what I would do there, once we've identified that, the first thing that you want to test is, outside of your audiences that you've just, we just identified you test the different ad formats. So Facebook, you know, like it's like a standard image ad or a video ad. Facebook, we can do a slideshow. We can create that right within Ads Manager or carousel ad, for example. You want to look and test the different ad formats. And again, let's just say I test an image, a video, a slideshow, and a carousel ad. So cool, I'm going to test those different formats and the copy is going to be exactly the same across those formats that I've chosen. Ah, so pick something. 
Like, let's say you've got a really high performing email that you know works, right? Use that as inspiration, I would mm-hmm. imagine, for your copy, right? And create different kinds, create a video out of it, a slideshow, a carousel, and an image ad using essentially the same kind of language and verbiage, but just exactly. very, very the delivery mechanism. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. You're varying the type of Media. ad yep. that it is. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So once you've done that, then you want to run those ads at least five to seven days before doing anything with them. Now, this is one shift that has happened over the past 12 months or so. It used to be, and I used to teach this too, like run, let your ads run at least 72 hours before doing anything with them. That time period is extended a bit, huh. especially now with iOS because they got less data probably, right? Because it's, yeah, it's less data and it's delayed and oftentimes in the reporting, et cetera. And so oftentimes too, like the first couple of days, the results might not be very good, what you're looking for. But as Facebook's algorithm gets smarter based on the people who are converting, then it will start to optimize itself. And you should hopefully start to see better results over those five to seven days. All right. Now, if you get to those five days and like you have one that just completely tanking, okay, cool. You know, that's an easy one to turn off. I have a kind of clarifying question that I think a lot of people might have right now. So we're going to stick with the yoga, interest in yoga, uh, the interest in Lululemon and the interest in Whole Foods. So are we testing in this case to see which format works with which audience? Or are we testing to see which audience is better? Because that's the part I'm confused about. You know what I mean? It sounds like this is a multifaceted test we're doing here. Yeah. So because the algorithm likes larger audiences now, there's a lot of people out there who say, no, gone are the days of a single interest in one ad set. And there's like, I understand that. However, I will say Facebook has, again, because it likes that larger, broader audiences. And there's oftentimes a lot of overlap between audiences. So let's just say I want to reach people interested in yoga and also, I don't know, people interested in different types of yoga, right? And so what I like to do is combine similar interests into an ad set. So for example, Mike, I wouldn't put social media examiner with targeting like an influencer like a a person, right? Because they're kind of different entities, if you will. Right. So I like to combine similar ones. Now, with that said, if I'm targeting yoga, and just as this example here, it's like 14, I I forget what the number is. It's huge, right? It's many, many, many millions of people. I would consider putting that in its own ad set to be able to test that audience. And what we're doing here is yes, we're starting with the obvious ones, right? Because that's where we wanna be testing the format along with the targeting, but we're making some pretty safe assumptions on the targeting, right? So like if I'm in the yoga niche, pretty good that I can target yoga as an interest. So what are we looking for then? Are we looking for the format that converts the highest? exactly. Did one ad format work a lot better than the other. Across audiences? Yeah. Start to look at it in aggregate. Ah, that's the part I was trying to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so like did one, did the image work way better than video or whatever? Did video outperform the other ones? Ah, okay. And then what you want to do is take that information 
and like, let's just say that you have one ad set that performed really well. And let's continue to use like, all right, my image ad format worked extremely well. Okay, cool. What I'm going to do is I can shut off those other ad formats, keep the image one running, and I can start to slowly increase that daily budget on that winning ad set or ad sets, right? The goal here is to find both winning audiences and the winning ad format. Okay, perfect. So we're starting with the audiences. And I would imagine once you start out with three or four audiences and then you do what you're talking about, which is test image, carousel, video, and slideshow. Mm-hmm. If it turns out video seems to be the one, for example, that converts the most, you could continue yep. to add new audiences and put the video in there with a sense of confidence. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Because that's why we have the testing campaign and that's why, you know, I would set up a scaling campaign, right? right? Because the testing campaign is like your testing ground. You're trying to find winners and you're always trying to beat the winning ad or ads that you have, right? So you're competing against yourself. That's the key message, right? Yeah, yeah. Because again, like, oh, okay, this image, this particular image worked really well or the image, excuse me, this format, the image format worked really well kind of across the board, even though whatever one ad set or two ad sets just did not perform really well overall. Okay, cool. We're going to go look at it in aggregate and say, okay, my image ad performed the best. Okay, let's go all in, well, quote unquote, all in right now anyway, for image ads. So now I have one image that performed really well. Now I'm going to duplicate that ad a few different times, say two to three times. And now I'm going to test different images with the exact same copy, everything. Remember, one variable at a time. So what we kind of do is we've like, we're starting to narrow it down. We say, okay, the format meaning, all right, the image ad performed the best. Okay, great. We understand that. Now we have this image that worked pretty well because that was the winning ad. Now we want to test different versions of an image. So maybe I'll come up with three or four different images in addition to the control image that was the winner. Exactly. Okay. Yep. And And then it's really important. You have to wait another five to seven days to let that, you know, the new ads run to be able to look at the data again. It's not like, okay, I can start this, you know, start the new test today or for example, and then two days from now, I'm going to check it out. You got to let it wait another five to seven days. Well, and it turns out you might find that uh, a certain image outperforms uh, another image and it could just be background color. It could be totally what's in the image, any number of things. Right. But once you get that winner, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is cool. Now I would imagine the copy is the next thing with the image. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yep. So like now, once you have. You're, so let's just say we have a few winning images, if you will. Now, once we've identified these winning images, now it's time to start testing the different copy and the different angle, if you will. And so what I would like to do to make it, what I'd like to do in that is to make it super simple is I'll say, like, here's my best image that performed the best, okay? So it's like, all right, here's my winning image, number one. Here's my copy variation that was already there. Here's the same image, but now here's a new version of copy. So we'll call it copy number two. Then we'll test another image. And then this the original winning copy. And then that same image with the copy version number two. So now I'm testing like four different iterations of image and copy 
we're starting to find winners at each point along the journey here. By the way, we should probably state that with the image, let's just back up to the image for a section. You could try the same image with text in it and without text in it, right? You could try the same image with maybe, you know, if this is Photoshop by an artist or something like that, maybe you take an element out of the image, right? Or maybe you add an element to the image, right? Like an emoji or a shape or something like that. I don't know if you experimented with that kind of stuff when you're testing images. Absolutely. I think a lot of people overcomplicate the image, meaning like, oh, I don't know what kind of image to put together. I mean, it obviously depends on on your business, right? Like if it's a solopreneur, for example, they could literally take a picture of themselves, like a selfie, if you will, with their phone and use that as an image. Now, again, when it comes to the image, well, you want it to be some sort of relevance to the offer in your ad. Just like what you just mentioned, Mike, you could say, okay, I'm going to test an image of just me. And then I'm going to test another image that is just me with a small text overlay. There you go. On it. Just a small iteration. Yeah. Right. And if you have a color like effect, you could try a different color. Totally. Right. Yep. Because one thing to keep in mind, if I'm not mistaken, some people, depending on when you run your ads, might be in night mode or whatever. Right. And and some colors pop when you're in. I, I can't remember. Does Facebook do this? Do they have like a dark mode on Facebook? I, I don't think so. Well, I don't think they do. That's I'm a, all about dark mode and yeah. I don't have it on Facebook. But, but a high contrast, maybe something, right? Like something, the the, the yes. image is what stops the scroll or whatever's there, right? So you yep. might want to try something that's just completely out of left field because you never know, it might win, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Once you get the image, the copy stuff, what's the stuff we should test the most? Is it the image text that's below the image? Or is it the stuff that's above the image? What, what's your thoughts on that? I kind of look at it like the image or like the creative itself, meaning image or video or whatever. That's the biggest thing, right? That's going to catch that attention, stop the scroll immediately. The headline is super important, but so often it gets cut off. When you say headline, you mean the image below the text, right? Just to be clear, so clear. I'm sorry, the copy below the text. Yeah, yep. it's the largest, you know, font size. Everybody thinks headline and they think top, but that's not how Facebook calls it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so what are those first two to three sentences of the ad text, like the copy of your text? I like to call it the angle, meaning like, all right, this is the problem that I'm solving. But if I present it in one way whatever, you know, it's going to be different for every business, obviously. Yeah. I would imagine as a copywriter, I would imagine you could test a compelling curiosity thing, right? Like yep. you could also open with a question that might yep. stop someone and make them ponder. You could potentially put a fact out there, right? Or a statistic or yep. even a testimonial. I mean, there's all different things. You only have how many characters do you have before the more button? You don't have a lot, do you? Correct. It's only three sentences. And so you obviously want it to be relevant you want to be speaking directly to your, your, the person that you want to be reaching to, the person that you want to be talking to for your business. You've got to get their attention in those first three sentences. Now, what gets their attention, just like you just said, Mike, is going to be different. Like some people are going to resonate with a question. Some people are going to resonate with, you know, an intriguing fact or something like that. Right. And that's where the testing comes in because we got to find which of those angles is going to perform the best. And what's the shelf life? of a winner when we find a winner, you know, that's probably an important question, right? Because someone might think they have a winner and then all of a sudden it's not a winner anymore, right? It's the million dollar question, right? And that, that really comes back to the importance of, you know, ad creative is you have to be willing to test. This is an ongoing process. 
And, you know, I get asked this question all the time is like, well, when should I change things up? Well, you want to let the data dictate that to you. So if you start to see, you know, for example, your link click through rate going down or your cost per lead going up, for example, well, you want to start to look at the, the rest of the data. What's going on with your ad? And you want to maybe change some things out to reduce that ad fatigue because people, you know, start to see the same ad over and over. And, you know, back in the old days, we used to call it banner blindness, right? Like people see the same type of ad over and over. Like they're just going to like start scrolling past it. They don't even see it anymore. Right. And so you want to be leveraging the data, the stats, the metrics that Facebook is giving you inside of Ads Manager, like frequency, for example. Frequency is the average number of times that one person is seeing your ad. I like to say if something is getting above three, I would consider adding a new creative there to try to reduce that ad fatigue. Frequency being how many times people are seeing the ad. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Okay. exactly. Yep. I have a quick question, yeah. which I think a lot of people, they're probably saying, Rick and Mike, this sounds great, but there's a big but. I don't know how to do video. I don't have a graphic designer. I want to start in the exact opposite direction that you guys are starting because you guys started with graphics and video and then you, you went all the way down to the written word. Yep. I want to start at the opposite end and go the other direction. Is it possible to go bi-directional on this? Because some people might not have access to the talent that they need to be able to do video and all that other kind of stuff. What's your reaction to that? I think that you have a better opportunity than you think. <laughs> Most people think they have to have like this amazing quality of video, for example, or the image, right? User generated content, whether it's like a testimonial from your students or from your clients or what have you, works really, really well. And we're talking about like grab your phone and record or have them record themselves on their webcam or what have you. So just make it dirty and it actually ask your kid, right? Or ask your nephew or whatever, right? Yeah. Or, or just pull out your selfie mode, right? Is what you're saying. And it actually works is what I'm hearing you say. And like, you might be surprised, right? It does. Now, granted, that's going to be different for like, if you're a, you know, a law firm, you know, you have the, the ad creative needs to reflect you, the type of business that you have. Right. But for so many in the online space, grab your phone and just start recording. Now, I don't mean necessarily record like a six minute video, record a 30 second video or 45 second video or something like that. People want to connect with you now more than ever post pandemic talking about, you know, post COVID when we started this interview here, like people want connection. People want that feeling of, oh, I connect with that person. I can get behind that person. And a great way to do it is don't overthink the video, for example, that you're posting or that you're creating. From an image perspective, Canva, which you can use for free, I like to say it's like the way, way first version of Photoshop because I don't know Photoshop at all, but I can work my way around Canva, right? And they have templates in there. They have so much that you can do that like you can take a picture of yourself, for example, or if you have a great photo, move it in Canva and throw some text over it as a text overlay, you've got your image. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do it very, very easily, inexpensively. And then by the way, Mike, and you'd know this way, way more than I do, but like all the video apps that you can grab on your phone to do stuff, like, have you heard of, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Some I'm yeah, totally blanking. I think I know what you're talking about and I can't remember. The it's name called either. Spark Camera. Oh, 
Yeah, I think. Is that an Adobe thing? I can't remember. Is that Adobe or no? I have no idea. There's an Adobe Spark thing. Yeah, there's so many apps, you guys. All you got to do is ask on social and you're going to get a million comments. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's so many apps out there right now. You just Google like apps for whatever on social and you're going to find all these same apps that you can make organic stuff you can use for totally. ads, right? Yeah, you can do cool editing. Like this Spark one was just a buddy of mine introduced me to it. And I was like, this is really cool because what it allows you to do is like you hold the button down while you're recording, uh, you know, unhold the button. You can see how technical I am and then move the camera to a different angle, hold the button down again to record. And what it's doing is creating one video with like, it's like different cuts, if you will like different angles. I've heard people rave about InShot also. I don't know if you've heard of InShot. I have. Yep. That's another one that a lot of people rave about and that does video. Yeah. There's just so many of these apps, you guys. So don't let that stop you. Totally. Rick, first of all, this has been really fascinating because like this is a really easy plan. I think anybody listening right now has a clear framework. They can re-listen to this. They can let their boss listen to this and they can say, look, hey, I can save us, the company, a lot of money if I follow this methodology. Yeah. Now, Rick, I know for the coaches and the course creators that are listening out there that you've got a program for them. Do you want to tell where they can discover more about that? Yeah. Thank you about that. Thank you for that. And can I just add two more quick, yeah, go super quick tips on yeah. as you start testing? Number one, start your campaigns as early in the day as possible. We're talking like 12.01 a.m. Oh, okay, why? Your local time. So I mean, you know, we, you and I are like, we're like a mile down the road from each other, but like, all right, Pacific time, 12.01 Pacific time. The reason for that is because you're giving Facebook when you're testing here, for, for example, a daily budget. Let's just say, here's my $25. Ah, got you it. want to okay. give them the entire day to number one, spend it. But number two, it's giving the entire day to begin to find those people who you're trying to reach, right? And like, I caught one of my students, I don't know, a week or so ago, where she started a campaign at like 7 p.m. at night and her daily budget was like $400. Oh, wow. And I was like, wait, 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 stop that, stop. Because <laughs> it's going to try to spend $400 in the next five hours. That's crazy. Right? And so that's the first thing. Start your campaign super, super early in the day. And the second thing is it's a good idea to start testing at the beginning of the week and run it for at least the, you know, Monday through Friday, for example, because what you're doing there is, you know, people's actions are very different on the weekend than sort of their normal routine, if you will, during the week. And so you want as normal as possible a routine for when you're testing. You know, starting an ad to test on a Saturday morning that's going to go into the following week, it's probably going to perform really differently on the weekend versus weekdays. So Got it. anyway, just wanted to make sure that we added that in there. Yeah, my accelerated coaching program. Thank you, Mike. As you mentioned, online course creators and coaches who are already quite successful in their business, they're doing at least seven to 8K per month in revenue from their online business. And now they're looking to scale that business, but they're not really sure what next steps to take, right? They're overwhelmed, they're burned out. I'm having a lot of burnout conversations with prospective students right now, which is really interesting. But they just want, they're not really sure what next thing to do. They're doing all the things in their business. And I really break it down to three key areas to become what I call the optimized CEO of the business. And it's the optimized mindset, sales and marketing, and then optimized systems and processes. Because when you have all three of those things working together, that's where we're creating the business that is right for us because we're creating our business around our life, not the other way around. And so that's how we help you inside of Accelerator. Take your business to the next level without 
working longer hours because that's what people most equate with. Oh, I have to work way harder in order to grow this, which is absolutely not true. Where do they find out more? Yeah, on my website, rickmulready.com forward slash accelerator. You can learn more all about the program there. This application only, you can fill out the application right there. Perfect. And Rick, if people want to connect with you on the socials, do you have a preferred channel or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. It's at Rick Mulready on Instagram. And I'd love for people to check out the podcast, The Art of Online Business. And we're on all the you know major podcasting platforms. Yeah. And if you're on Instagram, be sure to tag Stelzner, me and Rick uh, and let them know you love the show. Rick Mulready, thank you again for coming on and sharing your methodology, your wisdom and all of your experience with us. We're better because of it. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it, Mike. Hey, I know we talked about a lot. We documented the entire thing over at our show notes, which is socialmediaexaminer.com slash 468. If you're new to the show, follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I am at Stelzner, S-T-E-L-Z-N-E-R on Instagram. Thank you in advance. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.